What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Young Musician's Guide podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Campbell, and today we got to have a conversation with Arupa Gopal, who is the administrative assistant to the Dean of the College of the Arts at the University of South Florida. And Arupa and I get to talk about not only how she found her way into the more administrative side of things, but exactly what all that entails and how many different jobs and different fields of art there are um, to work in just behind the scenes and kind of interesting, but you don't really think about how much is going on beyond, you know, what you see, but there's a gazillion things that happen before the event or, you know, the art gallery or any of these things kind of take place. And it was interesting to hear her side of things um, and hear the side of something, you know, somebody who's not necessarily the artist or the performer or the director, but somebody who actually helps those people make their jobs happen. Before we get into all that, I do want to mention that um, I know a lot of you listen to this via YouTube and a lot of you also consume my YouTube content. And if you don't already, um, I urge you to go check it out. Um, it's AKC Youth, just like everything else. Um, but we're hitting with being hit with the uh, demonetization bug. Um, we do not have enough watch time and we are very close, but we're not quite there yet with subscribers. So if you haven't, go ahead and check that out. Um, you know, watch some videos. Um, you see what you think, leave comments, share it, and all that kind of stuff. But also, if you haven't already, um, you can help support not only the YouTube page, but also uh, this podcast and me um, putting on all this content by heading over to the Patreon. The Patreon, if you don't already know what it is, it's, it's a subscription service, essentially. You pledge a dollar per episode, um, and so every little bit of content that I put out, a dollar comes out of your account, which would equal to about uh, six or so dollars a month if um, you're trying to support the YouTube page. It, it doesn't sound like much to you. I mean, that's like a McDonald's trip, but for me, it means the world, and it's so helpful um, in getting this thing going. So yeah, if you want to kind of help me fight Big Brother YouTube on that, um, th those are plenty of ways to do that. And of course, you know, helping the podcast by sharing this, telling other people to listen to it, um, liking it, subscribing, all that kind of stuff. I am so thankful for your attention and very humbled by the support that you give me um, on this show and through everything else I do. But that's enough of the plugs. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's learn a little bit about the administrative side of the arts and get into our conversation with Arupa Gopal. I think our first concert, which is in March, is going to be a collaboration with the astronomy department. They do that kind of thing once a year. They did it with visual arts one year. That was cute. And so they're going to be doing Star Wars, Star Trek, that kind of stuff. Are you just playing flute or are you playing piccolo on that? Um... I just play flute, but it looks like on the Star Wars one, there's an alto flute part, and I have been volunteered <laughs> to cover that. So, so are they going to get that for you, or do you own one? Uh, Bobby, the principal player who plays in the Florida Wind Band, okay. the guy with the beard, glasses, uh, Yes, he, he has an alto flute, so I'm just going to use his. But the reason I really bring that up is I want a detailed... Where we're going to start this whole podcast off is I want a detailed review of uh, the most recent Star Wars film. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're starting. We're going to start with The Last Jedi? Yeah, yeah. 
How do you feel about porgs? Well, porgs are great. We are pro-porg. I heard some more about the filming that they, you know, part of the reason that they came up with the porgs was because of the puffins on that island. In some of the wide shots, they didn't want to have to CG them out. (laughs) So they created the porgs to be like, just the thing that's there. So you're, so you're, but you still play from time to time actively. Is that the only group you're in right now? Or do you do some other things as well from time to time? Um, That's the only group I'm in right now. Sometimes uh, Bobby asks me to sub on the Tampa symphony that he plays in. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just usually rehearsals that he can't make for whatever reason. But sometimes that does fall on Thursdays as well. So there's a little bit of a conflict. I don't know. I've got a couple of people around that ask me to do things here or there. But it's mostly the SPC Wind Symphony. So because is one of your degrees in performance? Yeah. Because you – all right. So you have – I say one because you have two – you have two bachelor's degrees. Yeah. One in performance and what's the other one? In? It's uh, from the College of Business. It's a management degree mm-hmm. because – For your undergrad, you can choose from several different kinds of business degrees. There's a general one. There's a finance one. There's an economics one. And I just – I picked management because I knew I was going to do arts admin, so it seemed like the most – what was the thing that made you decide to do arts admin? Well, most of it was, you know, since I started music ed and didn't want to end up doing that, I just thought about what else I would do. So you didn't come out of high school? No, not at all. Not at all. I I didn't even know exactly. I didn't even know it existed. Exactly. So, so, so you, so you're you're going through as a music ed major. How many years did you make it through that? Um, I'd say I got to the end of my first year, Mm -hmm. and you know, you're not even into the real ed classes (laughs) or anything, but just going through it and seeing what other people were going through. I just, you know, because I was like checking it. High school marching bands and all that stuff. And I did some of that in high school. And I just knew that I liked it, but I wasn't really in love with it. And it was, it's such a big part of your life if you become a band director of any kind. So I couldn't, you know, see myself doing that. So did you, to do arts, to do arts admin, excuse me. So to do arts admin, do you have to go – do you have to have a, any sort of arts degree in the first place? It depends. Since it's kind of a newer program of study, mm-hmm. uh, the first programs came about like late 60s, early 70s. That's kind of when the NYU program came through. There isn't one way to do it. And it's only until recently that there have been a lot of programs popping up. When I was looking to go to grad school, there were only a couple dozen. And now they're kind of all over the place. And it was mostly master's. And now there's a lot of bachelor's degrees starting up as well. But I think it just depends on how you get into it. So most most arts organizations, you know, if you're an orchestra or, you know, a chamber group or anything like that, there was usually a person who would end up being the one who handled the contracts and did the bookings and talked to the venues and all of that. So they would just sort of evolve into the administrator. 
And then there are a lot of people who went the for-profit corporate route and decided that they didn't like that and wanted to do something that was more meaningful and took those skills over to the arts. There are people that just fell into it for a number of different reasons. They started volunteering somewhere. But in terms of going at it through a degree program, that's still not necessarily the norm. So it's um, it can kind of be anyway, but that's that's the way I did it. Gotcha. So were you... So when you do arts admin, obviously it's, it's an arts thing. So were you hopeful to get to do spend most of your career in music because of your background or... Yeah. So it is split up in a few different ways. And the NYU program is a really good illustration of that. There's a performing arts administration program, dance, music, theater groups. There's a visual arts administration program, museums and galleries. And then there's a music business program, which is sort of the for-profit side of the music industry. So you can specialize in whatever you want, or you can move from place to place. You could work at a, an orchestra and then move to a museum. I mean, the concepts are pretty similar. Most people don't. They sort of stay in whatever their discipline is. Because it's helpful for you to have a background. Like if I'm working in an orchestra, I know what it feels like to be on the stage, to go through rehearsals. I know what they need, how they're feeling. So as an administrator, I can take that personal experience and make sure that they have all of that. So a lot of arts organizations look for someone who has that kind of personal connection to whatever it is they're doing. And so when you're when you're kind of a person, you know, being a student or, you know, just somebody and just a patron or anything like that, you don't really see the the administrative side of things. You probably don't even see most of the administrators themselves. Um, you see them on the program a lot of the times, but you don't know who these people are. And so what so what is the kind of work that somebody in arts administration does what are the very like i know it's i mean i know that's a loaded question there's a gazillion things that these people do um but you know a lot of i feel like a lot of people listening to this this is the first time they're even hearing about arts administration so what what kind what kind of line of work is it you know if you can answer it broadly so it's arts administration so it is administrative and it's Basically, the day-to-day running of the organization. You're doing things like running the box office, the marketing plan. You're doing the fundraising, the overall direction of the organization. You're doing all of the producing. If you're a performing arts organization for the performances, if you're a museum or a gallery, you're doing the curating. So it's all of the stuff that helps an organization run day-to-day. And most of the time, you don't hear about those people because... It's the art and the artist that the public is mostly interacting with. You know, if you're the executive director and you're putting all of this time and effort in, the person that your patron is most likely to have the biggest interaction with is the person in your box office, who is a lot of the times a part-time person, not going to do that for the rest of their lives. So it's a really interesting dichotomy because you have all of these full-time administrators where it's their whole life. And then you have the people on the staff and the volunteers who generally have the biggest presence with your patrons. So it's kind of a balancing act that you have to figure out as as an administrator. But yeah, you're just trying to 
make everything run and um, satisfying all of your artistic ambitions, fulfilling your mission statement to be a nonprofit. Your mission statement is a big part of who you are and how you survive and how you um, follow the law. So you're trying to fulfill your mission and putting your art out into the world and doing it in a way from an administrative standpoint that the artists don't feel it. You know, you want to be all the backstage, behind-the-scenes stuff that just works. And even if it's tough, you figure that stuff out before it gets to the art. So the artist can just focus on the art. So what are some of the, like, establishments and institutions somebody who goes through an arts administration program can work in? Um, so you could work at a dance company, at an orchestra, at a theater company, at a venue, a big performing arts hall. You could work at a museum or a gallery, uh, those kinds of organizations. So anywhere that art goes on yeah. in any stretch of the imagination. And um, and so, like, because, you know, I'm thinking about it, you know, thinking about some of the things, like, what about, how about a restaurant that brings in talent? Uh, generally, arts organizations are nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So, but does that mean somebody in arts administration has to work for a nonprofit? No, not necessarily. There are concepts that work, but in terms of running a nonprofit, you've got a lot of very specific things to think about, and you can take some of those skills over to a for-profit industry. But the focus is just very different. Mm-hmm. If you're a nonprofit, you're very mission focused. Because I, I just tend to, th- we, you know, you think of somebody who is an arts admin, and you think, you know, you have to deal with very you know, stuffy environments, you know, art, art, you know, when, when you think of like the bougie artistic side of things. But I would assume that something like a House of Blues in Orlando probably has somebody in that line of work, you know, who isn't trying to book Mozart concertos. Right. You know? Um. So when, so are there different like sectors of, of arts administration? Like, is there like kind of a marketing side? Is there like a, um, you know, recruiting side? Like, is, can you do, do you specialize in it? Do you kind of find yourself involved in that specialization? Or is that something that like, like you were saying with your business degree, you're saying there's different sectors of it. Is there different sectors of the arts administration degree as well? Not for the degree programs, mm-hmm. but you absolutely can specialize once you're out. Right now, I'd say most organizations are looking for people in marketing and development. That's getting the word out and raising money. So if you're getting into a program, that's a good place to focus on. Um, there are a lot of people who focus on production, who want to go the more executive director track. There are places you can find yourself from organization to organization and just focus on that one thing. And you're going to be more valuable to a future organization if you have that kind of specialized skill set. So what did you, so what were some of the things that you did? Um, you know, what, what, was, what happened in your past that you feel like has really come in handy now that you're working in this field? So when I first got involved with music, it was through middle school band, and I loved it all the way through and then got into high school and found myself in some leadership positions and ended up helping before rehearsals, after rehearsals, you know, on time off, trying to just help out any way I could to make things run. And then when I got 
to college, I found myself doing a lot of the same kinds of things, the behind the scenes things to make things run. And it was never something that I specifically thought, this is the kind of thing I'm going to do so I can be an arts administrator. They were just the things that I liked doing. And so when I was looking for what my future would be, I thought about that stuff that I like doing and found a field where I could just do that for my career. Um, I, like I said before, I really liked the idea of making all the behind the scenes stuff run real well so that the artists can just focus on the art and I know where they're coming from. So it just sort of came together for me. So what are some of those things, you know, what are some things that me as a member of an orchestra might not think about that you make happen that if didn't happen would make my life way more difficult? (laughs) Well, um, I've worked in an orchestral environment before and I would say that making sure that there's coffee backstage (laughs) is is a big one um, that we try to make happen. Really good quality coffee too. Um, You know, from an artistic standpoint, you know about things like marketing or fundraising, it's kind of easy to understand. But all of the contract negotiations, the financing and the budget, making all of your various streams of income come together and work, the kind of ratio you need between earned income and contributed income, the money that you make from ticket sales and the like and contributed from personal donations Mm -hmm. and foundations – It's a bit of a puzzle to put together year after year and all of the producing aspects of booking venues and making sure all the chairs and stands are where they need to be and working with stagehands and all of that behind the scenes stuff. So if it's an orchestral environment, that player is probably somewhat familiar with all of that, but it's just day to day. So I feel like a lot of it, when I, I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate the organizations that I work with, you know, as the artist, most when the communication is on point. And I feel like, you know, just hearing about, you know, your day in and day out, a lot of, a lot of it is just pure communication based, like just being able to speak with people, whether that's, you know, you're at a, you know, fancy, you know, you're at like some fancy like tea time trying to get people to donate to the thing and you have to, you know, kind of wine and dine them or, or if it's just, you know, working with the people within your own environment and your own departments. Um, I feel like communication skills are a big thing. And is there, is there anything that, you know, kind of got you ready for that? Or is that, or is that just kind of a baptism by fire? Do you just learn about these things as they happen? Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of organic. I didn't really do any coursework and that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the group projects that I hated in college, it sort of translates to your real life because that's what you end up doing is working within your department or working with other departments within the the organization to make things work. So I think that's something that each individual sort of figures out on their own, what their communication style is, what's most effective for the environment that they're in, if it's a very small organization, if it's a very large organization. It sort of differs from place to place, and I think that's probably sort of universal within a lot of different workplaces. Communication is important, but, you know, it just differs communicating within your organization and then communicating with people that you hope will donate. 
foundations that you're trying to apply for grant money from. You just sort of have to tailor your message to who you're talking to. And so what is your, what's your current position now exactly? So I work in the Dean's office at the College of the Arts at USF. So it's an academic environment as opposed to a straight independent arts organization. And it is administrative work within the arts. It's just a very different kind of thing. It's, it's a school setting. So um, I'm not really involved with the other. There, there is a development department. There is a marketing department. There is a production department. So it's all very similar, but it's just sort of a different point of view. You're getting people ready to go out into that industry. Gotcha. And so, so what's a, and you're also, you're also doing a lecture about what your, about the administration stuff too, right? Yeah. So what's the, what's, so you're, are you, you're co-teaching a lecture right now and what, what is in that class? What are you guys talking about? So it's basically a condensed version of the master's degree that we both got. But for undergrads. For undergrads. Um, we both went through the same program at NYU. So we're coming from a very similar place. And we both spent time working in New York in independent arts organizations. And this class is for undergraduates. Uh, master's students can take it uh, as well. But... For the most part, we spend each week talking about every department within an arts organization. We start with a little bit of a history of the industry. We talk about what a nonprofit is, how it functions. We talk about management, working with your board of directors, which is the governance side of things, long-term financial planning, and bigger fundraising. We talk about marketing and development and production, basically everything that goes into making an arts organization run on a weekly basis. And we think that it's it's such a hands-on type industry. There isn't really a lot that's theoretical about it. Every day you're trying to make things literally happen. So we just figure the best way to do it is to dive right in and approach it as if this is how things are going to be when you're working in that situation. And we've got students from all over the college. So art students, music students, dance students, theater students. And whether they're going to be administrators or not, we think it's really helpful for them to, as an artist or as an educator, to know what the industry is like, how administrators think, and what are the things that are important to consider as a member of the arts. Well, yeah, I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff would be super helpful for anybody who's the the head or a part of any organization, especially any anything that's public, like being a band director or a choir teacher or something like that, or you know, somebody who runs their own private lesson studio or you know, things like that. I just feel like it's it's very administrative, and both it, what it, what your class kind of sounds like is like. Those, you know, non-major undergraduate music uh, appreciation courses where you go from, like, medieval music to everything else in a semester. That's what it kind of sounds like. Not a very specialized thing, just kind of 
dipping your toes in the water, but you're covering a lot of material in there. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of material, and we try and do it in a way that's very practical and very approachable. Um, we're using a textbook that's pretty straightforward, and then a book written by one of the arts administration gurus, Michael Kaiser, and trying to give them just a really current window into the arts industry. Every week we talk about what's going on in the arts, what's in the news that week, and it's a very discussion-heavy course. So what makes someone, you know, because I assume a lot of one of the one of the dreams of the class is to find a couple of people who might not have even thought about this and expose them to it and all of a sudden you know something clicks and they're like this is for me well what it what is you know what bring bring somebody into this job the job of an administrator well yeah the like what makes somebody want to go like and be like you know what i want to be the you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts person, especially, I mean, coming from your side where you're like, you were a performer, 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 thinking about teaching and then something just switched. And what makes somebody go, cause, and not, this is going to sound terribly rude, not to sound rude, but what you're doing with one scares me, the bejesus out of me. Um, cause I don't like dealing with people. Uh, and two, when I'm talking about semantics especially uh, and then two it just seems like really to me it seems really monotonous and boring but I know for some people it's the most exciting thing in the entire world and there are parts of my job that they would have no like it's just you know different strokes different folks but so what what's the thing that what are things that like people go you know, oh, I see this and this is really interesting. This is really exciting. What draws people to the field? I think it's a combination of wanting to stay within the arts, stay on the nonprofit side of things and using skills that they already have or are interested in. So maybe they, they're they interested in marketing, but they take a marketing course in the college business and you're like, I don't want to work for Coca-Cola or Land Rover or 1-800-Flowers. So they can use those skills and interests and stay in the profession that they love. Because, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, who are the people that I knew in high school who would have been the people that I would have pegged to be in this? And I'm thinking, like, the the person who was a really good band captain or um, maybe the person who was a really good stage manager for the drama program. Um, you know, that type of person that is just like the person who gets excited to make everything run. Yeah, and, and they're out there and they're enjoying what they're doing and they don't know that that's, that's a skill set that they can use in the future. Because it, it reminds me too, like working, when I was working in as a waiter and seeing what my manager had to do, that even though I knew they were getting paid more and that, that was kind of like the job that you're working to get, that did not excite me whatsoever <laughs> because I just, I liked being out and in the stuff and you know they were making everything tick um is it, is it like that at all i mean is that a good reference it's, yeah i mean that's that's what i liked about it that's what drew me to it i had like i said been in leadership positions in student organizations and i always liked the managerial side of things and i didn't really think of it that way i just liked encouraging people 
into the right kinds of positions, showing them how to do things, how to make themselves better so that we could all move towards the same goal together. We all get along. Right. <laughs> and and we can accomplish this thing that we set out to accomplish. Because I feel like for every for every job out there, you know, there's that there's that saying of like one man's trash is another man's treasure. I feel like for every job out there, there's somebody out there who like that is what they were made to put on this earth to do and they're gonna gung ho about it. And sometimes the things that, you know, might excite you don't excite me and vice versa or anybody else is any like it's such a weird gray matter and you know it's especially for something that you don't hear about a lot it does seem like an extremely important side of things like you can't just have when once you get out of like let's say high school band you can't just have a band director and a bunch of musicians and make anything happen yeah, I mean, that's the ideal, right? But it just never quite works out that way. And like I said, if an organization like that wanted to exist, someone within, an artist or some maybe the band director, would perform all of those roles. And so the need is never not there. It's just doled out in a different way. And so does, so does arts administration, if you get a degree in that, does that also, I mean, is there like you know, managing, what if you wanted to manage like a rock group or a certain artist or, you know, be their representation? Is that part of it as well? Not technically, not usually. There are concepts that you could use, but that's more the for-profit side of things. Like I said, with the NYU program, they had a music business master's you could get, and that's what they would focus on. So I would say in general, if the program is called arts management or arts administration, it's nonprofit. And if you're looking for managing a rock band or managing artists, that's on the for-profit side. So that's – and that's very deceptive. I mean, it wasn't until I got involved with a nonprofit organization that I even realized that you can make money through a nonprofit. It sounds weird because you think nonprofit and you're like, oh, that's a volunteer, right? right. But – Nonprofit doesn't mean that you can't make a profit. So it what, just means what – What are some examples of nonprofits? Well – the New York Philharmonic. Okay, yeah, that's, that's is a nonprofit, right? but I go and pay a ticket. Like it's not. That's right. The New York Philharmonic is more than welcome to get money and to make a profit, but that money has to go back into the organization to fill the mission. It can't be doled out to directors on the board or shareholders. There's no bathing in money. Mm-hmm. Whatever money you make has to go back into the organization to fulfill your mission. And. All right, so let's let's talk about then just the day in and day out of somebody who might be in one of these roles. I mean, what what's a typical day in the life? So it depends on the organization and what their timeline is. So if you're working at a venue that has shows in the evenings or on the weekends, that might be what you're doing too. But a lot of offices work 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, uh, you're in meetings with your department, across the organization, you're doing very project-based work, which kind of breaks up the monotony a bit. Yes, you might be sitting behind a computer a lot, but you need to put all the details together to put one show on, and then all the details together to put another show on. So there is the opportunity to 
explore different aspects of the industry from show to show. If you're someone in a development role, you're probably going out and meeting with people, lunches and coffees and dinners to talk about giving to the organization. If you're someone like an executive director, you might be doing other visits, other organizations. You're sort of the front face of the organization. If you're in marketing, you probably are doing a lot of social media, uh, whatever your print materials are, getting the word out in the best way for that community, whatever community you're in, because they're all different. If you're in production, your life probably revolves around whatever the concert or performance schedule is. Like I said, those evenings and weekends. So it all just depends on what you're doing. But there is a good amount of sitting in an office behind a computer. Which, I mean, for some people, that's exactly what yeah. they want to be. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, I feel like with each event, for each organization you work with, I mean, what you, you're working on putting together an art exhibit and making, you know, those, you know, the gallery and, and, and making that happen. And when that finally comes out, I feel like that's kind of like your baby. And in the same way that like probably the artist that you were working with was really working on that one piece of art, your piece of art is this event or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to work on. I mean, to see, to know the back end of all these things that happened and all the pieces that had to go together, just somebody, somebody can walk in and, you know, watch a independent film at a film festival or, you know, something like that. Like, that's got to be exciting for you and almost only you because no one else knows right. all the work that goes into this stuff. Right. It's all got to look easy, right? Like, no one wants to watch a dancer and see the effort or listen to a musician and hear every ounce of effort that they're putting in. It's got to be effortless to be enjoyable. So we want the patron experience to be as enjoyable as possible. Even if a show is going on and some kind of an emergency backstage happens, we're happy to run around like crazy people as long as the audience has their great experience with us. So it is a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of fun. And if you're someone who's a problem solver, a quick thinker, good in crisis, it's it's helpful. And that's where I was going next is, so you know, what kind of person really needs to consider this? What, what, what kind of people would you suggest? What, what are some interests that you're like, this, this is going to get them there? Like you were saying, problem solver. Or what is, you know, I'm sure somebody who, is, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain that somebody who likes to put stuff off should not be here. Yeah. You know? So, so you know, what are some things that, you know, if you're this person, you know, put a, think about this. Right. So an artistic inclination is pretty much required. So hopefully you've got a handle on whatever your art is. And then someone who is organized, detail-oriented, able to use some of that creative thinking that you may have developed through your art. Someone who is a great problem solver is able to come up with new solutions to new problems and old problems. It's a very fast-changing industry because, like I said, there hasn't been a whole lot of study that has gone into it. Recently, there has been more, 
and more of a focus on how these organizations work and how to make them work better and best practices. But it all depends on so much, the economic climate, how people are feeling. So anyone who's able to approach the challenges of running a nonprofit or arts organization in a creative and open way is is going to do real well. If you feel like you have thoughts and opinions that are going to help, I say go for it. And everyone's looking for new thoughts and new opinions. So what do you like best about your day in and day out and what in everything that you've done and you are doing? I just yeah, what keeps you in the gig? Yeah. Um the arts have meant so much to me in my personal life and have made me into the person that I am today. And I know that that kind of an experience is waiting for students, anyone. And it makes me happy that I'm able to bring those kinds of experiences to the public because I know it can change a life. And it, it might not be everybody, but someone is sitting in that theater going, I think I could do that, or I think I like that a lot, or I think I could support that. So, like I said, I, I thought about what else I would want to do outside of music, and business seemed to fit with my skill set, but I'm just so happy that I get to use those skills in the industry that I am most passionate about. All right, so do you have... Any, you know, any advice for anybody who might be interested in this or anything, any like resources or any books that were important to you or a video or anything like that? Like what, anything that we can give people who, you know, this conversation has kind of sparked their interest and they're, you know, thinking more seriously about this now. Right. So when I was looking into master's programs, I tried to figure out what kind of applicant a program like that would be looking for. And the answers I got were having a handle on your art and some kind of business, something or other, maybe some classes or a minor. I decided to double major. That's not everyone else's experience. I also interned with the Florida Orchestra to make sure that it was an environment that I could see myself in every day. Is this while you were in your undergrad? That was while I was in my undergrad. And I would suggest volunteering for a local arts organization. They're always looking for help. So they will gladly take it if you offer it. And that way you can decide for yourself, is this a place I could see myself working every day? In terms of resources, if you're looking to just get an idea of what the industry is like, I mentioned Michael Kaiser earlier. He has written a number of books. He is himself known as the Turnaround King. He's turned around organizations like American Ballet Theater and Alvin Ailey in New York from running in the red to being very successful. He's taken his concepts and put his own degree programs together. And he's written a lot of books and articles about it. So the book that we're using in our class currently is called The Art of the Turnaround. And there's also a book called The Cycle that he wrote. And those are two good ones that I think show the thought process of an arts administrator from a very practical standpoint. 
And then if you're looking to just see what the industry is like currently, uh, Artsbeat with the New York Times, they have that section, and artsjournal.com, it's an aggregator, and it pulls together all the big stories from around the arts world and puts them into categories, dance, music, theater. So you can also sign up for a mailing list on their site, and it'll just come to your email every day with the biggest stories of the day. (laughs) And just checking out what the arts community is like in your own area, even if you're still a student, visiting your county, local arts council, checking out your local newspaper, just getting an idea of what the community looks like and how you might be able to interact with it or contribute to it. I think, like I said before, the arts, it's, arts administration is a very practical, hands-on, ever-changing place. So staying current, staying up to date, and looking for new ways forward are really going to be the most helpful to someone. Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I feel like this is a thing that's available and it's out there. And of all the things that, of all the guests and all the things that I've talked about, this is probably the least known and probably, honestly, one of the more relevant things. Um, Not everybody can become a college band director. Like, that's a very small niche. And not to say that yours isn't, but I'm sure there are more of you out there than college band directors. Right. (laughs) We'd we'd love for students to go study and make their way out into arts organizations because those organizations are going to be the healthier for it. We're going to be able to create a robust industry that's doing great things and moving forward and coming up with new and different ideas. And young people coming up today have a lot to contribute. And so we'd love to have them along this ride with us. And, you know, it's it's not something that people think about at all. And it's probably the right fit for a lot of your listeners cool well hey thank you again so much and uh thank you guys for listening and thank you so much for your attention uh i am aaron campbell and today we had arupa gopal and i want to remind everybody to be happy but never satisfied i'll see you next time